From the Ohio News Network, this is Ohio Sports Magazine. Now, here's your host, Kate Burdett. Welcome to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. I'm Kate Burdett. Coming up on today's show, Bob McElligot. He's the radio play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And he's stopping by to catch us up on all of the team's recent developments, including their new head coach. And the general manager of the World Pickleball Tour is going to share some details with us about an exciting event they're bringing to Central Ohio. We'll, of course, have the latest from the Locked On podcasts and from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, too. Let's go. Lots of news in the past week or so about Columbus Blue Jackets world and who better to help us out with uh, deciphering all of it than Bob McElligot, the radio play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Oh, fantastic. Getting ready for hockey season. And I understand we have a couple of new names and faces to get to know, both in the coaching chair and on the bench or on the ice. Yeah, it, it's been uh, really a... It's turned out to be an eventful summer and a big summer in a good way for the Blue Jackets. And uh, Mike Babcock is the guy you were talking about behind the bench is the new head coach of the Blue Jackets, uh, a guy that's going to be a, a Hall of Fame coach when his career's over. And Adam Fantilli, who was drafted third overall by the Blue Jackets in this year's NHL draft in Nashville, he's the guy that you can look for on the ice. So these two guys already being added to what is a uh, – a good mix, the Blue Jackets feel, is a good mix that they have going into the season that will get underway in September. The only coach in hockey history, Mike Babcock, that is, uh, to win a Stanley Cup, an Olympic gold medal, a World Cup, a World Championship, and a Junior World Championship. That's an impressive resume. It is impressive, and the only way you get to do that is by being a good coach and being around for a long time. And Mike has been able to do both of those things. But yeah, he's uh, had success Wherever he has gone, he won his uh, Stanley Cup in Detroit. Uh, Rick Nash, who was a former Blue Jackets player and now works in the front office and player development, uh, played for him on Team Canada and won an Olympic medal. Uh, yeah, he's kind of run the gambit. And again, rightfully so, because he's uh, the kind of coach he's got that. He he just has that it factor when it comes to, especially with the international play, uh, getting those opportunities with Team Canada. So he's he's going to bring a lot of experience to the Blue Jackets. He's look, he's an older guy, and this is a team that has a lot of young players, but they need some structure. And Mike Babcock is a guy that throughout his entire career he has brought structure to teams, and I, I think that's what they're going to benefit from the most. Uh, he's also a guy that. Uh, throughout his career, he's had to adapt his coaching style, and uh, that's something that he's in the midst of doing right now. He was out of the National Hockey League for three and a half years, being let go by the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, over that time, he's he's kind of studied and reflected upon how to deal with today's athlete a little bit better, and uh, I think he is uh, very well prepared to take over this young team that is ready to take a step forward. After he stepped away from the Toronto Maple Leafs back in a couple of years ago, he actually got into college hockey for a while, and some of that was a family affair, I understand. His son was playing at a school where he did some some hockey work. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, you know, it's funny, when he left Toronto, um, part of the, the knock on him was not being able to deal with young players. And, you know, there was a situation in Toronto with one of the young players and, and the way he handled it wasn't the right way. And and he ended up being dismissed from that job. But I, I really think it is ironic that then he went to college hockey 
at two different places. Uh, he did a little, little bit of work at uh, the University of Vermont, but then when he went out to Saskatchewan, uh, yes, his son was a part of that, and uh, that's part of the reason that he went. His son is uh, getting into the coaching ranks as well. As a matter of fact, now he's got an assistant job with the uh, St. Louis Blues. But um, yeah, that got him. That got him to go on on that leg of it. But dealing with the young players, and yeah, I talked to him the first day he got here, and one of the things that I found it interesting that he said was, you know, when you go to the college ranks. There are people to take care of uh, a lot of things like you're, you know, the the things that, you know, quite frankly, weren't really part of the vocabulary when Mike Babcock was growing up or was getting into coaching and growing up through coaching, uh, you know, the, the diversity aspects of it. And, you know, just uh, the kids today, you, there was a day, look. When I was growing up, my coaches yelled at me all the time, and I just thought that was part of the deal. That was that's the way it was, and you never dare <laughs> yell back at them. It's a different world now. You're not going to get things just by yelling at people. Some people, you know, can take that as bullying, and there's just a different way you have to communicate. And I really think that going back to the college ranks and being around uh, people in those universities, I, I think that helped him to get a better understanding of you know where. The culture is today on that kind of stuff. And I think being around the young people also uh, rejuvenated him in his career there. So it's everything's a learning experience day in and day out. And I I think that that, you know, just from talking to him, and we, we've got to wait until, you know, he actually starts coaching games. But I, I see this guy as somebody that um, really took everything to heart about getting better as a person, getting better as a coach, making the changes that he has to make to be a more effective communicator. Looking forward to seeing what he brings on the ice and off. Mike Babcock, the newly announced ninth head coach in Columbus Blue Jackets Club history. And we're talking with Bob McElligot, the radio play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Blue Jackets. It'll be here before you know it, the 23-24 hockey season. And we have a new draft pick to talk about coming up next on Ohio Sports Magazine. Announcing the Basement Dr. Cardale Jones Charity Softball Game. Presented by Dr. Pepper and Reichert. Join us July 21st at Huntington Park and watch Buckeye greats swing for the fences. Get your tickets at 971thefan.com. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. We're talking with Bob McElligot, the radio play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hockey season about to get underway here very soon. And there's a new draft pick to talk about. A fresh (laughs) young face, just 18 years old. Adam Fantilli, first round draft pick for the Jackets in Nashville. And Bob, what is it that we're looking for in uh, this new Columbus Blue Jackets player? Adam Fantilli is a player that many say, had it been any other draft, he would have been the first overall pick. But this year, there was a young man named Connor Bedard who played in the Western Hockey League in Canadian Junior Hockey, and he became the uh, the target for everybody. He just had a fantastic season. He's strung that together over a couple of seasons. And as the Blue Jackets were near last place throughout the course of the year, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't want to call losses of games, but you get to a certain point late in the season where you have a chance to have the worst overall record and the best chance in the lottery. And you're starting to say, Hey, let's, let's have a chance to get Connor Bedard. And then it kind of turned into, okay, the way the lottery works. If you finished with the worst record in the league, if you lose the lottery, 
the worst thing that could happen to you is you get bumped from the number one pick to the number two pick. So the end of the season, we were saying, all right, so in that case, you're either getting Bedard or you're getting Fantilli. And either way, it's going to be better for the Blue Jackets. Well, as it turned out, they finished with the second overall uh, worst record, but then lost in the lottery, and that bumped them down to number three. So now there was a whole question as to whether Adam Fantilli would be there or not. And as a matter of fact, most people thought he wasn't going to be there. And that came all the way up until draft day in Nashville. Actually, we were there at the draft. And the night before the draft, there started to be some rumors circulating that the Anaheim Ducks, who had the second pick, might not take Fantilli. They might take Leo Carlson, who is a Swedish centerman, who's a big guy, a lot of uh, similarities between him and Fantilli. But uh, the Blue Jackets didn't know what was going to happen. Well, lo and behold, it works out where Anaheim indeed took Carlson and that left Fantilli for the Blue Jackets. And there could not have been more joy. I know there was back in Columbus at the uh, the party that the fans were at. Um, I was in Nashville. I, I was ecstatic because this guy is going to step into the National Hockey League at 18 years old. Actually, opening night is his 19th birthday. He'll be 19 years old. Oh, wow. But he's going to step in, and he has the opportunity to be a difference maker right away. He's big. He's about 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, he's only going to get uh, thicker with muscle as it goes over the next couple of years. And he has incredible skill. He, he skates like a, a small, quick guy, even though he's a big guy. And he's got an incredible shot. And uh, the Blue Jackets are... Like I'm telling you, nobody in this organization uh, could be happier for the pick that they got. And for Adam, he's happy, too. He's a Southern Ontario guy, and this is a place that he wanted to come. He went to school at Michigan. There are plenty of uh, Michigan alum on this team. Uh, This is where he wanted to be, and it worked out for everybody. Aside from his attending that school up north, what do you think will be the biggest challenge for Fantilli coming into this role with the Blue Jackets? Well, the challenge is going to be he's 18, 19 years old, and he's going to be going up against grown men, uh, guys that have been playing in the NHL for a long time, um, guys that uh, have they're, – they're still going to be bigger in size, so, some of them. And because of the talent that he has, uh, he will probably play in a high spot in the lineup. I don't know if they're going to start him as the center on the number one line or the number two line or, you know, if he really wanted to – to quote-unquote hide him, if you can hide him, you put him on the third line because as you go down the lines, if you're on the top line, then the team that you're playing is going to match up their best defensive players against you. Their two best defensemen and their best defensive forwards. That's the assignment that you're going to draw every time. So that challenge is going to be how do you get through that? And that takes time in this league. If they put you on the second line, then you're – you're going to get some better matchups more than likely. Third line, then you really get good matchups, and, th- and then you can really excel. But the way the Blue Jackets are set up, I look for him to be a first-line or a second-line guy at the beginning. But that's going to be his biggest challenge. It's going to be to um, you know, figure out how to play in the NHL. He can play hockey. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But there are certain things that you've been able to do for your entire life that you're just not going to be able to do the same way in the National Hockey League. It's all about making adjustments. And for Adam, that's going to be his biggest challenge is making those adjustments. And I'm telling you, just watching this guy when he was in town for development camp with the other draft picks from this year and last year, I would bet that he's a guy that even though he's making adjustments, you're not going to notice as a regular fan because he's going to be doing some really 
great things right from the beginning in his first days in the National Hockey League. And that season opener is Thursday, the 12th of October versus Philadelphia at Nationwide Arena. It's going to be here, like I said, before we know it. Bob, you keep saying that. Listen, I I would like a little bit of summer. Don't rush it. (laughs) I I can't wait for it to get here, but I don't want to rush it either. Does that make sense? Sorry, I get I get what you're saying. How about it's really hot? Let's think about the ice in October. There you go. Bob McElligot, the radio play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Blue Jackets. We so appreciate your insight and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you very much, Kate. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Now is a great time to schedule a back-to-school dental appointment. Dr. Lori Fitzgerald, president of the Ohio Dental Association, is here to tell us more. Your child's teeth and gums need the right food, nutrition, and vitamins to grow strong and stay healthy. Help them maintain good oral health by brushing every morning and night, flossing, visiting the dentist twice a year, and developing good eating habits. As kids head back to school, it is important to know that foods and drinks high in sugar, acidity, and other cavity-promoting substances are often low in nutritional value and have the potential to create plaque capable of damaging tooth enamel. A back-to-school dental appointment can diagnose any potential problems and improve your child's oral health. Ohio Dental Association member dentists are located throughout the state, are dedicated to providing the highest quality dental care, are bound by the highest ethical standards, and obtain superior ongoing education and training. Ask if your dentist is a member of the Ohio Dental Association so you know you are being treated by the best. To find an ODA dentist in your area, visit ODA.org. And now, Public Education Matters with Ohio Education Association President Scott DeMauro. As we celebrate America's Independence Day this week, we must also celebrate and advocate to protect our students' freedom to learn a full and honest history of our country. The foundation of a strong democracy is high-quality public education. Having age-appropriate conversations about the tough topics of our history will allow today's students to become strong leaders of tomorrow. Public Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Have you experienced foot or ankle pain during or after sports, running, or exercising at the gym? Nagging aches in your foot or ankle that won't go away? Podiatric physicians can provide you with important foot care solutions, shoe inserts, or show you how to support your feet and ankles so you're able to compete or exercise comfortably. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state and have been serving the profession and the public for over 100 years. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Along with the Ohio chapter of the International Society of Arboriculture, while you're outside, this is a great time to be on the lookout for invasive plant species like honeysuckle, poison hemlock, and even wild parsnip, which can cause severe skin blistering, so be careful. Invasive species can wreak all sorts of havoc, like altering the native food web, making it harder on native wildlife, altering soil chemistry, even creating a better environment for things like ticks and mosquitoes. To learn more or to find a certified arborist near you, go to treesforohio.org. That's trees, the number four, ohio.org. Hot rods, muscle cars, trick trucks, and more. America's favorite car show is back for its 40th anniversary season and our biggest show of the year. Cruise on out for the Good Guys 25th Summit Racing Nationals presented by PPG. All this weekend at the Ohio Expo Center in Columbus. Don't miss this huge weekend of automotive happening featuring over 6,000 classic rides on display. Good Guys CPP autocross racing action and so much more. It's all happening all this weekend at the Ohio Expo Center. Hang with the good guys where real car people come to play. Get details at good-guys.com. The Fan. The Fan. Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. 
Alex Horn is the general manager of the World Pickleball Tour. It's a relatively new thing, and he's going to tell us all about some really exciting stuff that's about to happen in Columbus. Hi, Alex. Hi, Kate. How are you doing? I'm excited about pickleball. Everybody, it seems, has some connection. If they don't play the sport themselves, they have a friend, an an aunt, an uncle, a parent, uh, a kid, somebody that's into it. It seems like every time I turn around, there's a new pickleball court popping up, including Pickle and Chill, the indoor pickleball facility here in Columbus on Henderson Road. And that is where the World Pickleball Tour is going to make a stop August 4th. Fourth, correct? Yeah, that's correct. No, and Pickle and Chill's done a really phenomenal job uh, revamping their venue. They've added 10 brand new outdoor permanent courts. So it's a really awesome facility. It's going to be a great place to host an event, especially because it's right here in our hometown. Absolutely. But this is not just open to people from Central Ohio. Anyone can be involved and potentially can advance in this tournament to win a six-figure prize purse, right? Yeah, that's that's correct. So we're trying to get people from all across the Midwest to come compete at Pickle and Chill and help them show off their new venue. They've already hosted Major League Pickleball before, and they did a phenomenal job with them. So, uh, yeah, all of our gold medalists from across our 40 tournament stops this year across the country will compete in early 2024 down in Dallas, Texas, for a uh, $175,000 cash purse, which will be the biggest prize payout in any pickleball tournament ever, pro, amateur, or otherwise. So we're really excited about that. And speaking of which, this is a strictly amateur tournament that um, is only open to people that haven't obviously turned pro in the sport yet. That's correct. Yeah, that's that's the groundswell of the interest in pickleball. These courts that are popping up, that dinking sound you hear seemingly everywhere you go, uh, those are the amateur players that are out there getting involved. Uh, they, They love the sport because it's easy to skill up uh, it's, it's easy on the body. It's easy to find other people who want to play. So uh, it's really awesome to see the sport growing. And we love throwing tournaments for people who want to play and take that competitive step. It's a round-robin tournament, and you're breaking it out by age group, right? That's correct. Yeah, there's there's skill levels that we offer as well as age brackets to make sure we're doing as much as we can to keep competition fair uh, and inclusive as well. So online, you can go to what website to get more information and get involved in this event? Yeah, you can visit our website at wptevents.com. You can get to the tournament registration from there. You can also go to bookings.pickleandchill.com, and you can access tournament registrations from there or learn more about it. And you can also just Google WPT Columbus Challenger, which is the official title of the event, and it'll be that top result on Google, and it'll take you straight to the registration page. Easy to find and easy to register. You've got quite a nice swag bag for participants as well. Yeah, and we're doing a lot uh, for players here at this tournament, specifically because this is where we're based. You know, we show tournaments all over the place, uh, but doing it in Columbus and doing it big is something we really wanted to prioritize this year. So we're going to be offering door prizes like Ohio State football tickets, Columbus Crew Lounge tickets, so down in the Typico Sportsbook Lounge. Uh, we'll be giving some of those away, as well as tickets to the Western and Southern Open a tennis event held in Cincinnati. So we're offering a lot of swag and a lot of giveaways. North High Brewing will be there making up some custom pickle beers. It's going to be an awesome time. I'm not going to lie. 
As someone who isn't necessarily on the lookout for sports opportunities, it wasn't until I drove by Pickle and Chill the other day and they'd put out some yard signs advertising, you know, come in, check it out. We have a bar. That caught my interest. <laughs> is, pickleball, is pickleball a kind of a social sport where one can, you know, in, indulge? I wouldn't say before taking the court, but it does seem like there's that festivity involved in the pickleball genre. No, without a doubt. And and we're setting up a VIP player lounge that anybody can purchase access to for $20 for the whole weekend. Um, be outside in the beer garden. Experience all Pickle and Chill has to offer because pickleball at its roots is a very social sport. And we try to champion that at our events from the way we run it, the way we advertise it. Um, and the players that we have show up, we do want them to embrace that social side. So if that means having a, a celebratory drink after you play, you know, we're all for it. So, Well, it sounds like you've got all of the elements lined up for a fantastic tournament weekend. Like we said, there's still registration available. They have not filled all of the rosters for these uh, tournament games, right? No, that's correct. We're, we've just encroached about 250 people signed up, and it's a three-day event. Uh, people can play in multiple events so whether they want to play one day two day or all three days we've got plenty of space and it's filling up fast uh so definitely get out there sign up register tell your friends and even if you don't want to play you can still come watch and check out all the action and experience the vendors and the food trucks and the beer garden Ooh, food trucks too see you're speaking my language i was just going to ask if spectators are welcome is that a free admission to the uh complex yeah, we'll only be charging 5 to $10 per weekend, uh, 5 ahead of time, 10 at the door, but it gives you access to the entire tournament. Uh, Pete Abilities and Chilljoy, two local food truck favorites of Columbus, will be there. Um, so we're looking forward to having as many people as possible come out and support this event. You know, we are the world's largest amateur-only pickleball tour, so um, having support for our small business from people in Columbus would be really awesome, too. So. It is happening the weekend of August 4th at Pickle and Chill in Columbus. WPT World Pickleball Tournament. WPTEvents.com is where you can go to find out more about this fantastic opportunity to get out on the pickleball court and perhaps win some big money. Alex Horn, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Kate. Looking forward to a great event. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Common Man and T-Bone. She says that her husband is not able to wear jeans because he gets butt fungus. And I feel like I have to share it with you. Uh, okay. Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by the Hinderer Motor Company. We taste three to six on the fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Time to get the latest on the Cleveland Cavaliers and hear from Chris Manning of Locked On Cavs with our Eric Reeser. Talking with Chris Manning, he's the host of the Locked On Cavs podcast. Download, subscribe, listen to the Locked On Cavs podcast wherever it is you do your podcasting. Uh, Chris, Cavs made a few moves when the NBA's free agent window opened up uh, about a week or two ago. Cleveland got Max Struess in a sign-and-trade with Miami that saw Chetty Osman and Lamar Stevens go to San Antonio while Miami picks up a second-round pick. What do you think of that deal, and what upside, excuse me, can a healthy Max Struess bring to the Cavs? I think they they did a really good job considering the resources. They, they managed the cap well, you know, getting Struess at that number. I think they were not going to get him otherwise. I think it's, it's a worthwhile deal. I think the Yang 
is maybe a slight overpay for what he actually is, but I think he fits this team really well. I think they did a really good job, and I think Struce is the favorite to start at the three. You know, I don't think he's going to be like the apex predator guy to defend Jason Tatum. I don't think that's going to be what he is, but he takes a ton of threes at high value. He's a smart player. He's competitive on defense, at least. I think it's a really good signing, and someone they clearly prioritized. They absolutely needed to go out um, and get someone to do what he does, even if the price is maybe. I think this is what the market demanded. And they needed to get him. So you talked about uh, who's going to get the start at the three this upcoming season for the Cavs, who also resigned Karis Levert. Two-year deal worth $32 million. So you talk about getting George Niang uh, after his contract expired with the Sixers and then picking up Max Struess in that three-team sign and trade. Chris, did they do enough to be legitimate contenders in the East? I think so. Um, I think they're in a position where... You, you bank on another year of Evan Mobley growth. You bank on Donovan Mitchell being really great. You bank on another year of growth from Garland. I think you added really things you need to kind of round out the roster, make it make more sense. I think all of that is there. I think the East is going to be really competitive. You know, Boston, I think, will still be there. I think Milwaukee, as you honest, can't count them out. Um, you know, if Miami gets Dame, that's a really great big three. The Knicks obviously just beat the Cavs in the playoffs. Philly has Embiid still. It's going to be really competitive, but I think with the talent, with the roster, they should expect to do better than they did last. That should be the baseline expectation. And you went on and got pieces that will help you kind of navigate some of the things that went wrong in the playoffs. So I think, you know, do I think they're like the favorite to get out of the East or be, or push for the one seed? No. I, I would think Miami, if they get Dame or Boston, probably are better. But I think they can be really competitive, really good, and there's a, and a step back for the team I think would be a big disappointment. Talking with Chris Manning, he's the host of the Locked On Cavs podcast. As with free agency, and really as soon as the season ends, it becomes about rumors. And it's silly season in terms of what teams might give up for this and what teams might put this guy out on the trading block. And there was, you know, there's been some talk about Jarrett Allen and a potential trade the Cavs could make that would send Jarrett Allen to another team. Uh, Chris, is that actually possible? Yeah, I think it's possible. I don't think it's super likely. I think it would need to be a really perfect trade. And I don't know what the right deal out there is. You know, there's been some deals we've seen that don't totally move me. You know, the Pelicans as a possible option, a team that has been reported to call about Allen. Like, you know, being the team to take on Yoda Sounds Junis and only get like kind of an okay wing, it doesn't totally jump out at me. So I, I'm a little skeptical there's like a great deal out there. But I think it's possible. I think, you know, sometimes deals do pop themselves up. Um, so to me, I, I definitely possible based on, you know, what Allen is and, and, and what the market for him reasonably is out there. I think it's, it seems like we're in that kind of space. Outside of Damian Lillard, who still kind of remains to be seen where, if in fact he does end up anywhere outside of Portland, a lot of the big fresh in the free agent market stayed put, stayed at teams that they were on last season. Uh, Chris, was there any real shocker from this NBA free agent period as we enter the second weekend in July. Ooh, shocker. You know, I, I think it was telegraphed they were going to spend some money, but, you know, the, the price for Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks just kind of are eye-popping numbers to me. You know, there's a player op- or a team option in year three, Van Vliet, okay. You know, $80 million for Brooks is a little richer than I would have wanted to pay, but okay. I guess the real shocker to me is that no one no one went after Austin Reeves and dr- drove up the price. You know, he's getting less per year than Rui Hachimura, and Reeves is a better player than Rui Hachimura with a more valuable skill set. He was the Lakers' third best player in the playoff run. He's going to be the third best player on that team this year. So to me, that one is, is certainly surprising just because I don't understand why a team 
like the Spurs, the Pistons, even if they know the Lakers are going to match, why not? If you're not going to spend on anything else, why not just drive up the price for the Lakers and, and make it harder on them to, to have financial flexibility? So I just don't understand that one. And, uh, you know, I still think it's really weird that Chris Paul plays for the Warriors. I think it's going to take seeing him in that jersey maybe like 50 times before uh, that sits and then he's playing on the, on the Golden State Warriors now. I know that we had talked about this uh, maybe a couple weeks back. Again, Chris Manning, host of the Locked On Cavs podcast, excuse me, is my guest. Was there ever any real traction for Dylan Brooks in Cleveland? I think they had interest, but I think the price obviously went up. When he, it's similar with Struess, although they executed a sign and trade for Struess. I think when the price, and you had Houston, other ones to get him $20 million a year, you're just not reasonably in that conversation. Even if you had interest, even if it's the guy they've liked for multiple years. You can go back and, and read reporting about that, that they've had they've they've had their eye on him to some degree for a while. That's a price that just took him out of the price range. Struis was you're able to work the sign and trade and do that. Um, I don't think that was right for for Brooks. And also, I I think ultimately twenty million for Brooks, if that's what it was going to take, even if he had to sign and trade him or something, that's that's not a price I I would have wanted to to pay if I'm Cleveland. Cleveland begins summer league play in Las Vegas this weekend. Uh, what do you expect to see from the Cavs and especially their 49th overall pick, Imani Bates? Uh, you know, I'm curious to see just who pops, who doesn't. You know, uh, I, you know Luke Travers had a really great summer league last year. He's a pro that they have the rights to. He, he's in Australia. I'm a fan of him. I want to see what he looks like. You know, extended look at Khalifa Jop, who uh, they picked with a second-round pick last year. He's been playing in La Liga in Spain. Um, with Bates, I want to see how he looks physically. You know, he is a very slender forward. He's still really young. He's going to be making the jump from the Mac to, you know, not prime maybe a competition, but a, a step above for sure where he was at. I want to see what he looks like physically, how he handles it, what his kind of flow is like. Um, but it's a pretty interesting summer league roster with some of the guys they have on two-way deals and, and family intrigue and things. But uh, with Bates, it's about how he looks physically and and what is what do we kind of learn about him in, in little snippets from, from Summer League? As much as you can learn anything, I'm curious to see what some of the baseline stuff would be. He is Chris Manning. Again, download, subscribe, check out the Locked On Cavs podcast wherever it is you do your podcasting. Chris, thanks so much for the time today, bud. Hey, thank you. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Calling all crew fans. Join us every week for Inside the Crew. It's a show about soccer. Tuesday night at 9. Sponsored by Coda, a trusted mobility sponsor of the Columbus Crew. Your flagship home for the Columbus Crew. The Fashion. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Time to discuss Cincinnati Reds baseball and hear from Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds with our Paul Keels. We have our chance this week to talk with Jeff Carr from the Locked On Reds podcast. And uh, we'll start, Jeff, just talking about as the Reds were coming out of the series they had this past weekend at home and then playing in Washington, D.C. against the Nationals. Just your thought on some of the hitters that I guess we could consider had been slumping, but how they've kind of come out of it, namely Joey Votto, Jonathan India, and Ellie De La Cruz from the right-hand side. Yeah, it's crazy to think that, you know, Ellie has been slumping in any sort of way, but up until the July 4th matchup where he got three hits from the right side, he had totaled three hits in his first 28 at-bats from the right side. So he really has kind of broken out. He's a player that throughout his minor league career, it, it seemed like he got, you know, somewhere between 30 and 40 at-bats uh, in whatever situation you want to ascribe to him, and he started to take off after that period of time. So I think that 
we can start to assume that the switch hit side of Ellie De La Cruz is going to pay off because I know there are a lot of fans that were thinking, man, he just kind of give up hitting from the right side because we, we've seen switch hitters in the past, like Billy Hamilton and Tucker Barnhart do that and, and see some success. But what we failed to remember is Ellie De La Cruz is immensely more talented than either one of those players were. And he's going to just continue to show that through Jonathan India has been the one for me. that has been the most impactful. His, his sort of reemergence from, it, it, it wasn't many slump for sure. I think since June 20th, the stat was he had hit like a buck 18 or something uh, since before this past weekend. And we've really seen him return and, and having him in the three spot during that entire slump was really starting to create uh, quite the conversation amongst Reds fans of like, do they knock him down in the order? Do they, you know, maybe give him some time off or something like that? And David Bell showed the kind of patience that we've come to expect from him as his tenure as Reds manager and shown the trust that he has in Jonathan India. And India's really rewarded him for that. I mean, you're talking about a guy that even within the clubhouse is really the leader of the group. So for him to break out of this slump is just so important. And Joey, it's so funny to me because how many times have we seen this with Joey? He starts slow and people wonder is he gonna make it are we gonna see joey Votto be the joey Votto that we know he can be and then all of a sudden he has this month where he just goes off i think we're we're getting to the point where we're starting to see joey Votto go off and if you can imagine a lineup with matt mcclain ellie de la cruz spencer steer who are already playing as well as they are and then you add the streaking Joey Votto to it? Oh my goodness. This this lineup can only get better and it's amazing to say that. And we've seen over the years how he's gotten on hot streaks. Jeff, kind of a two-part question in regard to Joey Votto. Did it really catch you off guard in the past week the way we've seen David Bell pinch hit for Joey Votto late in games and also great to see how Joey Votto has been there at the top of the step of the dugout when he's been pinch hit for continuing to be the team player that we all have kind of become accustomed to him being. It did slightly, but only because I wasn't sure the Reds would actually do it. Like, as he was coming into this season, I think you could easily say, like, he's at a point in his career where you can't just give him every day at bats because over the last few years, the one thing that has been consistent has been his decline against left-handed pitching. And left-handed pitching, not named Austin Gomber, because I thought that was kind of funny. He made his season debut this year against the Rockies, and it was Austin Gomber, and he hit a home run off of him. He, he just knows what to do with that particular lefty. But overall, lefties have sort of had his number over the last few years. So I think, you know, this is just another example of David Bell understanding there's a mix. You know, you gotta you got to manage with your gut and your feeling and things like that, but you also have to apply analytics and the numbers to things. So, yeah, I, I think the biggest surprise for me was just the fact that David Bell actually did it because I think that anyone looking at the situation could say, yes, this is something that needs to happen. But no surprise whatsoever that Joey is is taking this in stride. Um, I, I love the fact that you've almost seen a rebirth of his personality with this young team. And it's it's very clear to me that it's Matt McClain, it's, it's Spencer Steer, it's Ellie De La Cruz, who are the leaders of this clubhouse where most people would think that it would be Joey Votto, but they have really taken over the personality and how this 
how this team moves about in Jonathan India as well, such that Joey Votto can kind of slide into his comfort zone. Like we know in years past, especially back when it was like Scott Rowland and, and Ryan Ludwig and guys like that who were on the team and Jay Bruce, like Joey was not a, a, a forefront kind of team leader. And I feel like that is where he is most comfortable. And we're only going to see that help him as the season goes along. Jeff, you and Steve were talking on one of your recent podcasts about Luke Weaver and the successful outing that he had. It's kind of funny when you think about while he struggled on the mound, the team has generally done well when he's been on the mound. Yeah, it's funny. that One of the weirdest stats of the season is that the Reds have won the last seven starts that Luke Weaver's made. Uh, I, I think you would look at his stats individually and think that there's no way that they're winning when this guy pitches. But something about the lineup, it's almost as if they get up that morning, they come to the ballpark, and they're like, all right, it's, uh, it's, Luke. it's Luke today. we got to get a lot of hits, guys. Got to get a lot of hits. And then they do. But, yeah, the, his last outing was very encouraging because I, I've surmised in the past, like, could the Reds make a move? Could they go sign a guy off a of free agency or go claim a guy off waivers that pitches better on a regular basis than Luke Weaver does? But if Luke Weaver can be that guy, we, we got the good news about Nick Lodolo. We got the good news about Hunter Green that they're going to be back around the trade deadline. So then if he can just get the Reds from A to B during that time period, then, I mean, you're talking about a guy who could be immensely useful out of the bullpen as a long man and be that emergency six starter in Luke Weaver, and then you do see the Reds and their gamble on him pay off. Sounds good. Jeff Carr from the Locked on Reds podcast. Always great to chat with you, Jeff. Absolutely. Thanks, Paul. Go Reds. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Now is a great time to schedule a back-to-school dental appointment. Dr. Lori Fitzgerald, president of the Ohio Dental Association, is here to tell us more. Your child's teeth and gums need the right food, nutrition, and vitamins to grow strong and stay healthy. Help them maintain good oral health by brushing every morning and night, flossing, visiting the dentist twice a year, and developing good eating habits. As kids head back to school, it is important to know that foods and drinks high in sugar, acidity, and other cavity-promoting substances are often low in nutritional value and have the potential to create plaque capable of damaging tooth enamel. A back-to-school dental appointment can diagnose any potential problems and improve your child's oral health. Ohio Dental Association member dentists are located throughout the state, are dedicated to providing the highest quality dental care, are bound by the highest ethical standards, and obtain superior ongoing education and training. Ask if your dentist is a member of the Ohio Dental Association so you know you are being treated by the best. To find an ODA dentist in your area, visit ODA.org. And now, Public Education Matters with Ohio Education Association President Scott DeMauro. As we celebrate America's Independence Day this week, we must also celebrate and advocate to protect our students' freedom to learn a full and honest history of our country. The foundation of a strong democracy is high-quality public education. Having age-appropriate conversations about the tough topics of our history will allow today's students to become strong leaders of tomorrow. Public Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. 
Have you experienced foot or ankle pain during or after sports, running, or exercising at the gym? Nagging aches in your foot or ankle that won't go away? Podiatric physicians can provide you with important foot care solutions, shoe inserts, or show you how to support your feet and ankles so you're able to compete or exercise comfortably. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state and have been serving the profession and the public for over 100 years. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Along with the Ohio chapter of the International Society of Arboriculture, while you're outside, this is a great time to be on the lookout for invasive plant species like honeysuckle, poison hemlock, and even wild parsnip, which can cause severe skin blistering, so be careful. Invasive species can wreak all sorts of havoc, like altering the native food web, making it harder on native wildlife, altering soil chemistry, even creating a better environment for things like ticks and mosquitoes. To learn more or to find a certified arborist near you, go to treesforohio.org. That's trees, the number four, ohio.org. Hot rods, muscle cars, trick trucks, and more. America's favorite car show is back for its 40th anniversary season and our biggest show of the year. Cruise on out for the Good Guys 25th Summit Racing Nationals presented by PPG. All this weekend at the Ohio Expo Center in Columbus. Don't miss this huge weekend of automotive happening featuring over 6,000 classic rides on display. Good Guys CPP autocross racing action and so much more. It's all happening all this weekend at the Ohio Expo Center. Hang with the good guys where real car people come to play. Get details at good-guys.com. The fan, the fan, fan, fan. Ohio sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Time now to get some highlights of the ultimate Cleveland sports show with Jay Crawford. Here's producer Colin Barringer to set the scene. Thanks, Kate. This week on the ultimate Cleveland sports show, the guys discuss the expectations for the Browns in 2023. If... Deshaun Watson doesn't turn out to be the guy we expect him to be. Would that be more painful as a diehard Browns fan than going through an 0-16 season? The answer is yes, it would be more painful than the 0-16 season. Reason being, because it, the, the problem is you can't get people's hopes up. And then once, you, once your hopes up and you, your expectations is high and it don't happen, that that kills you all the way rather than you just being terrible that you know you not you know you have no expectations there's nothing to expect you know you know the team's gonna be bad but now that they got this great roster and this quarterback is supposed to be this great he's got the contract oh yeah and on top of that that we've mortgaged our future for it then yes if he if he turns out to be bad it, it will be worse than 0 and 16 at least at 0 and 16 you knew you was getting the first pick of the draft you go, you do bad here. You still, you ain't making up for it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot riding on this. And yeah, I'd rather go 0 16. Now, when the Browns went 0 16, we had three quarterbacks on the roster that hadn't had a combined start in the NFL. So, I think if you were an above average fan and understood how the NFL worked, mm-hmm. then you didn't really have any expectations for the Browns to really win. If they won one or two games that year. They would have they would have surprised me. I was one of the fools who had season tickets during <laughs> <laughs> one in fifteen and zero in sixteen. So, like, no, like it was disappointing to go zero in sixteen, but it's not like it was something that shocked me. Like, but on the flip side of that, man, I've been a huge fan of Deshaun Watson since the Clemson days. Clemson days, <coughs> and I'm somebody that believed that he hey, could he. return uh, to that 2020 form. 
And so if he doesn't return to that 2020 form, that means that he's just a guy at quarterback. To catch the full breakdown, just search the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube, subscribe to their page, and enjoy daily content covering all things Cleveland sports. We'll be back to wrap up this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue on the Ohio News Network. Morning juice. Some people like Zuck. Some people like Elon. Some people hate them both. Some people hate one. Some people hate the other. Most people hate them both. Morning juice. Sponsored by Affinity Whole Health. Weekday mornings at 6. The Fan. Donation. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. That's all for this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Thank you so much to this week's guests. Bob McElligot, radio play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Alex Horn, general manager of the World Pickleball Tour, which is stopping by Columbus August 4th through the 6th. Thanks to all of our Locked On podcast contributors this week as well. For Colin Berenger, Eric Reeser, and Paul Keels, I'm Kate Burdett. Thanks for listening to Ohio Sports Magazine. Join us next week right here on the Ohio News Network. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM 